Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Ali, I'm doing great. Um, I am actually over the uh, tryptophan phase of the weekend. Um, had as much turkey as humanly possible, and then uh, all the turkey sandwiches I could possibly imagine. You ever have one of those where you can stuff a sandwich or like a hoagie with, I don't know, however you want to call it. Uh, I, I just put in like a little bit of turkey, a ton of stuffing, and then some cranberry sauce. Are you kidding me with that? I'm pretty much Thanksgiving now too. I'm vegetarian, so I don't eat the turkey, but I eat every side dish that there is. And my friend's place that I was at, we have a ton of side dishes because it's like a friend's giving, so everyone brings stuff. And I just got leftover now. I don't even think I can look at any of the leftovers left in my fridge. It was good. It was delicious, I should say, the first day. Good the second day. By Saturday, I was done looking at mashed potatoes and gravy <laughs> and stuffing until next year. So I'm good. I'm looking forward to tonight having a nice dish of pasta. So it's something totally different than any side dish. But we did have an interesting Thanksgiving a slate of games. Three games all were pretty pretty close, I would say. Maybe not so much the Giants and the Cowboys, but it was. The Giants were up at halftime. But before we get into not only the Thanksgiving game, but yesterday was just a wild day. It was just craziness of all the NFL games. So before we start breaking down the marquee ones, Robert, why don't you tell us how the books did, what how the favorites do versus underdogs, overs versus unders. What are we looking at? Right, yeah, after everything washed itself out and the Eagles beat the Packers, it was a 40-33 to 33 final. So, again, we've, we've harped on it so many times. Timing is everything, right? It's not who do you like to bet, it's who do you like right. at the current number, right? So there, there was a seven out there for a long time. Then there were six and a half, and so it kind of really varies. Uh, let's go with a six-and-a-half-point number. So with that being said, favorites. Seven and three straight up, six and four against the spread. Uh, two pickums, the Denver game and Cincinnati game were pick. Home teams, nine and three straight up and 10 and two against the spread. Uh, unders dipped to seven and five, and the primetime overs were two and zero oh in NFL week number 12, Alley. Yeah, it was it was a mixture of a day. There wasn't too many big upsets. You mentioned the Jaguars upset the Ravens. I believe they were four and a half point favorites. I know the Browns upset the Bucks. So I did pretty well in my pick 'em pool. I was ten and five against the spread in one league. I was eleven and four against the spread in another league. The lone difference you said was the Eagles. My one spreads they locked at seven and a half on Tuesday. So I go consistent. So I still took the Eagles minus seven and a half. And then my other one was minus six and a half. So again, depending where you look, you either hit or you didn't. So it was a good week for me overall. I, I was really happy because the week before I didn't do so well. So I always like a bounce back week. And let's get straight into the games because we have a lot to cover. There were a lot of games. Really, there were no teams on buys, So we had a full slate. And I wanted to highlight, I, I was going to start with Thanksgiving, but it was so far back. I was like, let's let's do a game that's fresh in our heads. And that was yesterday Bengals-Titans game. And I highlighted this one because it really was the only game, at least in the morning, that featured two teams that were in competition to get into the playoffs. And the Bengals, they did come out on the Titans. I know, Robert, when we did our podcast last week, you and I both liked the Bengals to both win and cover. And they did. So let me ask you this, because this Bengals team this year is reminding me a lot of the Bengals team that of last year. They started out a little slow, 
and then they got hot at just the right time. So are we seeing this from Cincinnati again this year, Robert? Are they getting hot right when they need to? It's so funny that you're leading off with this game today because as I was watching them dominate, I thought of you. I, I said this, you know, this is a team that, you know, started off 0-2, and I'm like, well, maybe last year was a mirage. Maybe maybe right. they just maybe they just hit hit the number eight on the right spot, got hot and made it in. No, no, they're no, they're not. I mean, it, it there's there's nothing the Titans could do to you know to to run you know and and obviously you know that's kind of like they're they're not going to go and win much less cover any game without their running game you know they know their 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 key uh, point of attack is with Derrick Henry mm-hmm. they they couldn't block anyone off of the line uh, they they couldn't move their defensive tackle no, no matter what scheme they put out uh, they just couldn't find a way to open up a hole for Derrick Henry. So, you know, credit to Cincinnati, for, you know, for that performance, um, you know, and, and then obviously, you know, they had to, you know, Tennessee, they had to settle for a field goal. Um, uh, O'Connor, he had, he, he got to catch that ball, you know, that third down pass by Tannehill, yep. that would have made a pretty big difference right there. And, you know, at this point, you know, the way I'm looking at, you know, and I know I, I should be talking more about the accolades of the Bengals, but I can't help but to say, what went wrong for 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 Tennessee here? Um, they didn't score a TD on any of their third, you know, their, their three red zone drives in Week Twelve, uh, and this is after being second in the NFL, you know, entering the game in NFL red zone touchdown percentage. So it's it's just it's just a weird weird game that obviously now we could say no, this 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 Bengals team is definitely for real, Allie. I agree. And to go off on Tennessee, Tennessee, really their lone touchdown was a fluke touchdown. You saw Derrick Henry. He caught a short screen. He sprinted all the way down the field. He fumbled. It went into the end zone trail and Burks got it. The Bengals could have easily came up with that, but they didn't. So it was kind of a fluke of a touchdown. That being said, Robert, when you look at the box score, the thing that catches my eye isn't so much that they limited uh, Derrick Henry to only 38 yards. But if you if you look at Cincinnati, this is still a team that didn't have Jamar Chase, and they still just dominated on offense when it came to just offensive yards in general. So let me ask you this, because the Titans have a good defense, but this is one of this was a very good showing of Cincinnati with no with no Jamar Chase. Tyler Boyd only had two catches the entire game. It really was the T. Higgins show. And let's not forget, Joe Mixon was out. Samaje P. Ryan had to play. So is this more of a case that we we both agree that the Bengals are for real, but was this a Titans? Is this a Titans team that is now exposed? Are they the same team that started out zero and two? Are they pretenders or are they actually contenders? Yeah, no, I, I I I am certain that they are pretenders. They needed look. You you can't just say everything's you know give up AJ Brown and everything's going to be all right. It's not. You you can't have any kind of championship aspirations without being a complete team. I mean, crap, they had a great regular season last year with what they had. So you you can't just, from logic alone, you can't perform to that par without the talent being surrounded. And they clearly, they didn't have the depth. That's been shown. And and now, you know, and I'm sorry, I, I got to switch now back to the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Look, they beat the Dolphins at home by two scores. 
They beat the Jets by two scores on the road. They did, like you said, they beat the Titans on the road without Mixon and Chase. They lost to the Cowboys and Ravens on the road by game-winning last-second field goals. And then who they had to beat, you know, Atlanta and Carolina, they beat them by 18-plus. Yep. So, I mean, they, they, they're, they're putting it all together. Fear this team, because when Mixon and Chase come back on the field at the same time, they're, they're clear, clear forerunners to make it into the AFC title game right now. Yeah, and I actually went back and listened to one of our podcasts when we were previewing the season, and I was one that said don't sleep on the Bengals because we went yeah. through their odds, and I believe they must have been the seventh or eighth team on the on the odds of favorites to get to the Super Bowl. And there were a lot of teams above them that I was like, they're better than these teams. I think the Bengals are probably the most underrated team in the entire league. I, I really do. They're sitting at seven and four, and they're the defending AFC champions and no one's talking about them. Robert, we're talking about still Josh Allen, even though he's faded. He's still going to be in the mix to be an MVP. Everyone obviously puts Jalen Hurts there. They put Tua there. Obviously, Pat Mahomes. But is there any reason Joe Burrow shouldn't be in the mix for MVP? This guy has done it all for this team. And he, he approaches every game looking unfazed. He still performs without his number one receiver, Jamar Chase. You haven't seen any of the uh, of the other quarterbacks really do that this year. I mean, you could make a case for Pat Mahomes, but he still has Travis Kelsey. Are we still underrating Joe Burrow? Yeah, I I, I think we are. You know, we we had <laughs> we had to discuss. You asked me straight up, is is he the best quarterback in the division? I said, well, you know, there's yeah, this kid, Lamar. He's kind of good. Uh yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'll, I'll, I'll own that one. You know, going into week 12, I had Baltimore and Cincinnati tied, uh, you know, in, in terms of their, their rank, they were tied for sixth in the NFL. Uh, I, I think we're going to have Cincinnati pole vault over that. And, you know, I'll, I'll probably go, uh, I, I've, I've got to make a decision on, on Buffalo in, in my power ranks. Um, but I, I I don't think that they're going to be number one anymore. I, I, they, they've held on to it for 12 weeks. They'll be toppled. Uh, but, you know, clearly, you know, right now, Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Miami, Baltimore, that's probably the top five right now. Tennessee will drop pretty significantly. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's going to be a, a really, really exciting AFC championship run right now because those teams are – really really remarkable to watch and you know as for as long as you know we've got you know like i said you know buffalo miami from from that division and then obviously kansas city uh and as i as i mentioned cincinnati some really really great teams in the afc to you know to, to watch down the stretch here alley yeah and i'm going to skip ahead because the next game that i want to highlight while we're talking about the Bengals is the baltimore ravens and that was one of my best bets of the week. I had the Jaguars plus four and a half. I thought there was a slight chance they could upset them, but neither either way, I wanted the four and a half points. And it was probably, it was definitely the most exciting game of the morning games. It was one of the best games of the entire slate of games yesterday. But the Jaguars did come back. They were down by a, a significant amount. And then they did come back and not only up, not only cover the spread, but they upset the Jaguars in just an amazing last second drive by Trevor Lawrence. You got to give him all the credit in the world. He had probably the game of his life yesterday. 
So let's let's break down this game, Robert, and we'll start with the Ravens because a lot was made after the game yesterday. Lamar Jackson obviously wasn't in a good mood. He actually went to Twitter and started trolling some no-name haters that were that were like hounding on him for not being worthy of a contract. So the obvious answer is no to this. Is Lamar playing himself as out of a contract? But the more that he struggles, especially in the fourth quarter, are the Ravens rethinking how long-term they do want to sign him for, Robert? Yeah, it's a gr- I, I, I would think that the, the balance of power goes back to the Ravens right now. You're right. But not because Jackson's underperforming. You know that they dropped three clear touchdowns yesterday? Mm-hmm. Dropped, like, like right in the hands kind of dropped. And that does really suck because, you know, they, they never would have had themselves in the, the situation where, uh, you know, we saw uh, Trevor Lawrence come back and, and put on a, a yet another career uh, career type of a performance. By the way, this is like three times this year so far that I've said that where Trevor Lawrence has put on like a career game for himself. Uh 300 passing bad, he's bad though. <laughs> yeah, that, that is absolutely true. I mean, look, the Ravens, they were like, a, you know, the, the, the metric, right? They were like a 99% win probability after Lawrence was sacked to start that final drive. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's, you know, you, you got to play it out. And they, they, they did, they came back and won the thing. So, um, look, if I'm Houston right now, I give Lamar Jackson anything he wants. A, a, a well above and beyond what he asked for during the preseason. Because you could see where Houston is now without a quarterback. They're, they're literally useless. Uh, if this was you know the, the premiership, they'd be relegated. They'd be out of the league. Um, you know, so it, it's it all comes down to you know how your quarterback performs. Uh, and I, I think that he's still going to get a a landmark contract. And if it's not from Baltimore, it's going to be from somebody else. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, from the beginning of his career, I've just been skeptical of Lamar Jackson. I'm not doubting his talent because he is a very talented guy, but you see this a lot with running quarterbacks. The older they get, they're just not as effective with their legs. And when it comes to trusting their arm, they just aren't there. Lamar Jackson right now, he ranks 24th in the league in completion percentage. That's not great, especially if you're you're asking him to throw a lot more because he can't do it with his legs. But what I want to ask you, Robert, too, when it comes to Lamar Jackson and, and the Ravens, is how say the Ravens do want to move on for Lamar Jackson. Say Lamar wants something in like the five to six year range. And meanwhile, the Ravens are looking at what Denver just gave Russell Wilson. And are they going to, is that playing in their mind too, that maybe this is the next trajectory of Lamar Jackson's career is what Russell Wilson is dealing with now. And that being said, if they decide not to extend him that long and he does walk to a team like Houston, how much heat are the Ravens going to get for letting him go? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if that I'm sure at this point, a lot of, Fans, you know, of, of the Ravens got to be super frustrated because, you know, you've you've got that quote marquee quarterback, and it's just not amounting to really much of anything. Uh, it's it it's so strange to see, you know, and we're talking about a team, Ali. They're seven and four. We're we're talking about the demise of the Baltimore Ravens. It's incredible that this is happening, but 
it, it's all about you know everyone's perception of, of how their franchise is winning the games and how bad the losses are. So I I can't see. I don't know. I I I honestly don't think Baltimore can can say no. Uh, I, I I really think that there's nothing better out there. Um, there's no n- nothing that'll be better than him in free agency. And you're certainly not going to go and, and say we're going to draft someone with the first overall pick at quarterback. I think that Baltimore is married no matter what, Allie. I really do. So the crazy thing is, because obviously I, I love my Daniel Jones, and I don't think he gets enough credit where credit's due. And Robert, if you put their statistics together, they're almost identical. Daniel Jones, 64.6 completion percentage to Lamar Jackson, 62.1 yards total. And they both played uh, 11 games each. Daniel Jones has 2,165 yards. Lamar Jackson, only a couple yards more. He has 2,231. They both average the same amount of yards per throw at 6.9. When it comes to QBR, Lamar Jackson's at a 60.9. Daniel Jones is at a 58.1. And then when it comes to quarterback rating total, Lamar Jackson is at a 91.3. Daniel Jones is at 89.7. What are people seeing in Lamar that is so different? I get it. I get the history. I get Lamar just came out and he won MVP. But if you look at the stats alone, I mean, how are you going to give this guy a seven, eight-year contract? Because he's not going to just demand five or six years. He's going to demand seven or seven or eight. So is he justified to say I'm deserving of this contract? Because Russell Wilson at least had a Super Bowl under his belt. He he had another Super Bowl appearance under his belt. Are the Ravens basically just going to shoot themselves in the foot and give him this long-term extension? <laughs> and then become the Denver Broncos? <laughs> yeah, pretty and much. Very good point. And look at that. That's I, I that's one of those classic here's player A versus player B, which exactly. you do have. That's a really good. We know Daniel Jones can run too. So it's like, I don't want to just hear, oh, well, do, you know, Lamar Jackson. No, no, it's, like, yeah, it's it's the full package. It's what he could provide. I, Ali, I honestly think it, it, and this kind of goes into a deeper, deeper understanding of how this league works. And, and I guess this is the Moneyball version of the NFL. I think if you give, if you give one player that max deal in a league that's capped, you're not going to win. It's right. it's not work gonna not gonna work out. Look at the beauty and, and the masterpiece that the Eagles have created. Forget about their record, right? It's just that they found the lightning in an incredible dynamic quarterback, you know, and he's young, still in Hertz, that is still in that rookie contract, and they're able to surround him immediately by overpaying, so to say, or paying market price uh, and, and acquiring other players to surround him with. The moment you give that mega contract to Hertz, then everything else falls apart and you end up with right. a scenario that you, you're not going to end up winning. So I think that that's kind of the system that everyone wants to be. Like I can tell you right now, if Tego Vailoa gets his mega contract it's all over because you can't have hill you're not going to get waddle and you're not going to be able to get everyone to surround him with so this is the formula of how to win find that quarterback that's dynamic keep him on that rookie contract and then surround them with incredible talent uh and when it's time to pay that quarterback well 
I guess you can make a decision when you get to that part of the road. Well, we're real quick, and then we have a lot to still go over. And before I want to move on, and listen, I know people t- call me I'm a Lamar Jackson hater all the time, but the stats don't lie. And I guess my last comparison, I'll compare him to Pat Mahomes. They gave Pat Mahomes that mega contract extension, and Robert, he still wins. They they took away Tyreek Hill from him, and the guy still has the Chiefs up at the top of the power rankings. So the Ravens have to ask themselves, do they have a Pat Mahomes with Lamar Jackson? And I think the answer is no. What would you think? No, they don't. They don't. I, I don't think that. They, they have, well, I don't think anyone has uh, any kind of quarterback that's even close to Patrick Mahomes. To me, he's, he is the absolute prototype of, of what the NFL is, you know, where, where it was supposed to be. If you want a championship caliber quarterback, that's exactly what you're aiming for. Someone that literally can, can throw it sidearm, can throw it ambidextrously, Ambidextrously? Sure, I'll use that. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, eyes eyes behind the head, just knows where everyone is at any given moment. Uh, you know, to to advance the ball. Um, you know, does does Kansas City have its weaknesses? Of course, of course they do. Uh, but it sure is not at quarterback. Yeah, totally agree. But we will move on because I know we could talk about stuff like this all day and. Let's jump ahead to the Bills and Lions from Thursday because I did want to highlight this because it was another close call for the Buffalo Bills. Had the Bills dropped that game to the Lions, which looked for a while like they were, they would have lost three of their last four games and they would have been below the Jets in the AFC East standings. So, Robert, this is another close call for Buffalo. Do we legit have to be concerned about this team? You know... You're right. So they, they only won by three, right, with that field goal. They they did put up 400 yards of offense, which that's kind of a Buffalo thing. Uh, so, you know, the Lions had 326, by the way. So it really looked – so where, where am I pointing out? Rushing, 164 rushing yards for Buffalo to 96. Uh, both did pretty well with red zones. <laughs> Uh, three out of four, uh, you know, right into the touchdown. So they, the Lions, they did miss a 29-yard field goal, you know, but they did have that relatively cheap 35-yard touchdown drive. Mm-hmm. It sure is strange. I Maybe this is more of a, a, a call to say, hey, uh, let's, let's clap our hands here for Detroit. <laughs> Can we actually do this now? Can we say, hey, you know what, Detroit? Yeah, you're four and seven, but you guys are pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we I said in the offseason, it's not going to hit, but when we were doing our over and under, I like the Lions to go over their win total, and I said they're a very underrated team. Robert, this is a team that's lost by one score probably more than anyone else in the league. I don't know the exact numbers, but they could have definitely beat Philadelphia opening weekend. They could have easily beat the Seattle Seahawks. They only lost by three that game. They even almost beat Miami. They were up against Miami at the halftime and blew it. And this is a team that's been ravaged by injuries as well this year. This team, the Lions, if they have a good draft, if they get some good free agents, I think they're one of the favorites next year to go to the Super Bowl. Am I too crazy to think that? No, you're not. Uh, you know, the Lions, uh, 
you know, since running off that four game non-cover streak, now they've covered four in a row since then. Uh, and they're, they're, they're doing it well. I really, really thought that once they gave up on, you know, on, on Hawkinson, that that was going to pretty much be the death knell, but they're finding ways to keep the offense, you know, moving along. So what is it that, that Detroit's still missing? Well, I mean, of course there's, there's still some real key uh, contributors that they could use on, you know, the secondary, obviously they, they need a really good push presence uh, at defensive tackle. Uh, but there's some really good pieces there. Uh, I like to say that, you know, maybe we need someone better instead of Goff at quarterback, but they put up 25 points. Yeah. You know, you, you put up 25 to 30, you're pretty much going to beat most of the teams here. It's it's the issue, obviously, is going to be on the defensive side. So, uh, you know what? Yeah, it's certainly brighter for Detroit than darker. That's what I'll say, Ali. I agree. And before we move on, let's just not forget, too, Jared Goff did get his team to the Super Bowl. He did get the Rams to the Super Bowl a few years ago. So Jared Goff is a playoff winning quarterback. Let's not forget that. Let's move on now to our team, Giants versus Cowboys. We had a good first half. We went into halftime winning the game, winning. I believe we were up 13 to seven, if my memory serves me correctly. I just thought the minute Robert, I knew we were going to lose this game was when Daniel Jones had that fantastic touchdown pass to the tight end, Chris Marriott, and they called it back because of some BS call that I didn't think was, I forget if it was holding or what, but I didn't see it at all. The minute we didn't get that touchdown and we had to convert it to a field goal, I knew we were going to lose that game. So let me ask you this. Do you judge that performance as the Giants just are not for real or as I see it in that we're just an injury ravaged team and there was no way we could compete based on our roster entering that game? You know, it was probably not too long ago that we said that, you know, the Giants defense was pretty stout uh, and and were able to withhold most offenses. Ah. Allie, we gave up 430 yards of total offense. We gave up 169 yards on on the ground, and that's that that's not going to help matters, right? So that's probably the the biggest concern for me. You know, obviously, you know, if you withhold the offense of of Dallas and and their rushing, which by the way has just been really really great, they've. They've turned it around really significantly since the start of the season, and now at eight and three, uh, you know they're now they're looking at you know making their way into uh, you know into the playoff picture pretty clearly as well with the record that they have. Um, they did have the Giants did have those two fourth down failures. Right. I mean, Dallas had a fourth down failure as well. Uh, Turnovers, I mean, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just nitpicking. The defense did pick up two turnovers and they were, you know, uh, protective of the ball. They didn't turn the ball over at all. I just think that, honestly, you know, those big plays is what they were the, susceptible to. And that's actually where I, I think that things could have been better. Uh, the second half was obviously where the adjustment was made. And what do you know now, Allie? Dak Prescott now has 10 straight wins against the Giants. Ugh, don't remind me. But we were we were so badly injured, it wasn't even funny. It was almost laughable what our offensive line, the, the names that were put out there. 
at the yeah. beginning of the game. So yeah. I don't want to totally say, again, that's all I heard was criticism about Daniel Jones following the game. And the guy didn't do anything wrong. He Again, he protected the ball. He did what he could do. If anyone was absent that game, it was Saquon Barkley for the second consecutive game was just nowhere to be found in the run game. So if you want to criticize someone, criticize Saquon, not so much Daniel Jones. But it was a disappointing loss. I know we – I think that the good part is we did play on Thursday. We have 10 days to get healthy because we have the Commanders coming up, and that's going to be a huge game for us. I think the Commanders are overrated. I know everyone's all about the Heineke magic, but I still see a lot of flaws in that offense, and I do think that we could step up and beat them. But you and I will talk more about that when we have our podcast later this week. Yes. So let's move let's move quickly to the last game I want to highlight before we get into our next segment. And that's the Packers and the Eagles. And I wanted to highlight this game, not only just because the Packers actually gave the Eagles a bit of a scare. They were winning at one point. Actually, a few points they took the lead. But the big story was Aaron Rodgers, Robert, and he left. So is this the end of the season for Aaron? Is he, is he just going to hang up? It's Jordan Love's team for the rest of the year. Do what you can. What do you think? I, I, I think that pride will demand him to come back. Uh, but you're you're right. I mean, it's look. It was over when they lost to Buffalo, right? The season was complete. There's nothing more to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, and now you're four and eight. So really, what's the purpose of playing uh, other than you know your pride, which you know he's got plenty of. So we'll probably see him. Uh, but I, I could also hear the team making a decision to say, you know, let's uh, let's give you some rest. And see what Jordan Love can do. You're right, Allie. Yeah, I, I agree. And we'll get to this later, but that injury didn't look good. He was grimacing the entire first half. He came back out the second half. He was he just looked like he was in pain, Robert. And he is getting old in age. I know he just sat, signed that long-term contract. But if this injury is – I'm not going to say – I don't know what it is yet. We still don't have a word as of when we're taping this podcast. But if it, this injury is this significant and there's a chance he misses the beginning of the season, do you think he would hang it up or he's not going to go out like this? He signed that con- long-term contract for a reason. He's not just going to hand over the reins of Jordan Love. Is there a chance we see the end of Aaron Rodgers? I think that it'd be insane to void that contract. <laughs> I think he'll hold on to all that money, but it's obviously uh... – nothing that's you know guaranteed in the NFL it's it's a really really bad spot for green bay right now it really is there's yeah. there's there's not much i mean if you look at the just this game just you know the what happened here it's just night and day i mean hurts you know i i i, I don't know we're talking about aaron rodgers but hurts was like the first player in nfl history to throw for 150 plus yards rush for 150 plus yards and throw two or more touchdowns in a regular season game. You know, and again, we, we talked a little bit, you know, you know, earlier about, you know, getting those quarterbacks on, on the rookie contract and building around them. And that's exactly what the Eagles have done. And it's like the polar opposite of what green Bay has right now. It's a overpaid, a veteran quarterback that, you know, is on, on the final pages of his career. Uh, with nothing surrounding him, and I mean nothing. Yeah, they they did put up a ton. I mean, Eagles Packers combined for forty seven points in the first half, uh, which, by the way, that's the, the highest scoring first half in you know the NFL game this year. 
but it's it it it's bleak. It's very bleak, Allie, and I I don't know what the Packers are going to do to make things better going into the 2023 season. No, and we'll get to this later, but it's almost like you look you look at the Rams and how bad they are, and they're a team without draft picks coming up. The Rams aren't as bad off. I mean, I don't think the Packers are as bad off as the Rams because the Rams just don't have any draft picks to look forward to. But these are two teams that I could definitely see in the offseason just blowing up their entire roster. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to watch. All right. Well, those are the marquee games we want to highlight. I know we went a little long for today, but was definitely a lot to talk about. And our next segment, since it is Cyber Monday, I thought we would do a cyber sale, Robert. So I'm going to give you a team and you need it and you tell me who or what. So what can be coach or entire offensive unit, something. But what would these teams like to buy for the rest of the season to help their playoff run? Are you ready for this one? <laughs> okay. This, yes. Okay. This is excellent. I have no idea what's coming. So, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. All right. Let's start, obviously, with our team, the New York Giants. Who or what would the, this team like to buy for the rest of the season? <laughs> Yes, come on. You put this on a team for me. OBJ, obviously they'd be so much more dynamic with a really fantastic wide receiver that can hold on to that ball no matter what kind of tackles are coming at him, no matter what the secondary is doing, they would really be greatly more enhanced by adding a marquee wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, I can't disagree with that one. OBJ is meeting with the team this week. If he does sign with the Giants, which as much as I would love him to, I think he has Super Bowl in mind. And I think that the Cowboys and the Bills are better suited for it than our team. So as optimistic as I would like to be, I don't think I think we're going to miss out on that sale. All right. Well, let's go to the next team, Robert. And that's the New York Jets. Who or what would this team like to buy for the rest of the season? Allie, I can't believe I'm saying I can't believe that the Jets and Giants are actually like relevant franchises in the yeah, NFL. Good. <laughs> I, I don't like yesterday was bonkers, ridiculous. Nothing made sense. I mean, Mike White, I, they, we might not see Zach Wilson ever again. This, this no. is very, very possible. I mean, but, you know, OK, so what would they like to buy? Uh, like nothing. All right. Look, the defense is like ridiculous, right? They've gotten what if what if they, they've barely given up any points this year? They're like yeah. really doing real. Okay, like this is this is corny ass, but whatever. Get him a pair of shades because their future is really bright. <laughs> I like that one. My my <laughs> response was they would like to buy out Zach Wilson's rookie deal. Yes, and sayonara. Get him out. That's it. That's my deal. I mean, I, I'm telling you, when I saw Mike White. And we kind of, you know, we, we touched on it a little bit when we were saying, okay, so obviously they're, they're not going to go with just a retread veteran quarterback. Let's see what Mike White can do. Well, we can see that clearly they're clicking far better with him than with Zach Wilson. You're absolutely right. I love yours. They like to buy a buyout. <laughs> yep. All right. The next team is the Buffalo Bills, Robert. Who or what would the Bills like to buy for the rest of the season? Oh, my God. Okay. I think Von Miller's done for the rest of his life. Um, oh, that's so sad. Clearly, clearly hurt, and they brought him in specifically for pass rushing. And uh, yeah, that's I don't know where they're gonna find it, uh, but you know, if if you're gonna go search for one, obviously a pass rusher for Buffalo. I, I honestly think pass rush is gonna be a a big deficiency for him going down the stretch. 
Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I know their secondary hasn't been the best all year, but they did go set Tredarius White back, so that should improve. I agree. They're definitely going to need some defensive help. I know that Josh Allen hasn't been the same lately, but I agree with you. All right, the next team, Robert, is the Baltimore Ravens. Who or what would the Ravens like to buy for the rest of the season? Okay, yeah, no no recency bias here. It's been the same story. Like, other than Mark Andrews, they, they need another reliable wide receiver. So, yeah. again, I don't know where you're going to find it, but you got to find someone that's capable and is able to hold on to that ball. Honestly, the, why why didn't they get DJ Moore at the deadline? Carolina was in oh, full yeah. sale mode. They should have just grabbed him. They could have got DJ Moore. I'm surprised they're not meeting with OBJ. Maybe that will change this week. But I agree. I think that the Ravens definitely, especially after they lost Bateman for the year, they do have Mark Andrews. He's still one of the best receivers in the league, receiver for tight end. But yeah, I agree. All right. The next team, Robert, is the Seattle Seahawks. Who or what would the Seahawks like to buy for the rest of the season? Oof. Okay. Uh, Haha. And maybe we'll touch on this more later this week, but uh, maybe more smoke and mirrors because I don't think that we are who they thought they were. Uh, Boy, their rush defense uh, just disappeared yesterday against the team that shall not be be discussed. Uh, They they just gave up chunks and chunks of yards, and and it just seems like they were getting more and more exhausted as the game went on. their their rush defense needs real real help uh and and that's where their deficiency lies yeah i would say they would want to buy back their tickets to germany because since they went to germany they have not been the same team whatsoever i think that might have had a big effect on them all right then the last team robert we have is the new england patriots who or what would the patriots like to buy for the rest of the season uh like another dozen pages in their offensive playbook to include uh, their tight ends. What the hell? They got Hunter Henry yeah. and Joe Smith, and they're, like, completely being ignored. Include them more. I mean, yeah, you, you almost came away with a win, and I don't know. There, there, there's been, you know, a, a lot of people that you, know, you can look at and say that New England basically got that game robbed away from them Sunday night. So not Sunday night, Thursday night, the last game on Thanksgiving. Uh, just more use of their tight ends, please. Yep, definitely. I agree with you there. I don't know what happened, but Hunter Henry and John Smith don't seem involved in the offense at all. All right. That was our cyber sale segment. Always a fun one. And now we have the best segment of the week, and that is the buy or sell segment. Robert, you ready for this one? Yes, I am. All right, Robert. Buy or sell. All four NFC East teams will make the playoffs. <laughs> is this? Wait a second. No, this can't have ever happened. I don't think this happened. This uh, could this you know look could it? Oh my God! How are you doing this to me? Um, okay, no, you know what? They can't. They 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 have to at some point start cannibalizing each other as early as this week. Uh, Washington is at at, at the New York Giants. So someone's going to be very disappointed. Someone's going to have a positive record. And they're not going to make the playoffs. And it's going to be the worst season ever. Um, 
I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell all four NFC East teams making the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you. If you look at the commander's schedule, they don't have a great schedule coming up. They play the Giants twice, which I think they'll honestly, I think they'll split the games. I, I do. They, these teams usually split against each other this year. But then if you look at the rest of the commander's schedule, Robert, they have to face the Niners. They have to face the Cowboys and the Jets. It's not going to be easy for the commanders. That's why I think that the Tyler Heineke Heineke magic is about to disperse. I'm not going to just be biased because the Giants, we don't have the easiest schedule coming up. We do have to face the Eagles twice. Fortunately, one is in week 18 where the Eagles probably will be resting their starters. But we do get to face the Colts. We get to face the commanders twice. Like I said, then I split it. The Vikings will be a tough one. But I actually think we might match up well against the Vikings on Christmas Eve. All right, let's go with let's go to the next buy or sell segment, Robert. Buy or sell. Matt Stafford will never reach the postseason again. Oof. You know what? Um, I'm buying that. I'm buying. A matter of fact, I think there's a better chance he gets cut than wow. to make the postseason again. Uh, there's 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 nothing left right now for this season. Clearly, uh, and the Rams have look. They they've did it. You know, we, we talked about it, you know, time and time again this year. They sold their soul to win the championship last year. The cupboard's dry. There's nothing that's going to be there in the draft for a while. Uh, they're going to have to make do with, with big pieces from free agency. It's going to be a long, long ways away, maybe far too long for Stafford to ever. I mean, look, it, it ain't going to be with the Rams. Um, so I'm buying that. Yeah, I, I buy it as well. I think he's just going to keep being more injury prone over the years. He basically traded everything in to get his his Super Bowl. Not going to take that away from him because that will help define his legacy. But he's definitely not getting anywhere with the Rams. I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I could see the Rams be totally blown up. They're going to ha- if they want to compete, if they want to get young draft picks, they're going to have to give up their best talent. And that might be Cooper Cup because I don't see much else. So I don't think Stafford will ever be in the postseason again. All right. The next one, we were hinting at this before, but I want a definite answer on this one. Robert, buy or sell. Aaron Rodgers will retire this offseason. Why are you putting my feet to the fire on this? This one's tough. I, uh, God, what price am I getting on this? Retire. No, 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 no. No, I can't. I know it looks so bleak. I know the team is just in complete disarray and their offense is just ass backwards. I can't do it. I am selling Rogers retiring. So I have a caveat in this one. If he's out for the rest of the season, which I think he is, then I'm actually going to buy it. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is looking at the Packers now and he doesn't see a way forward. The offensive line is already in shambles. He's not getting protection. He had it's his, he's thrown more interceptions this year than any other season in his career. He doesn't have the talent at wide receiver. Christian Watson has looked good the past few games, but Romeo Dobbs has been hurt all season. Randall Cobb is probably going to join him in that retirement. I think if Aaron Rodgers wants to have a nice broadcasting career or maybe go and be a host of Jeopardy again, I think he's going to do it. He's just, he's been taking too many hits this year. He just looks old. He looks tired and worn out. Let Jordan love take over. Let the Packers see what they have in them. Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to fault you for retiring. All right. The next one, Robert buy or sell the bucks will reach the postseason as a sub 500 team, but still win a playoff game. I'm kicking the door in on that one. I'm buying with both hands. Yes. 
Absolutely. I know they, I, they, they lost another one yesterday, which was a completely ridiculous loss. Uh, but I, I think that I, I think they definitely reached the postseason <laughs> sub 500 and win a game. Yes. I'm buying double fisted with that. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I think that they'll have their choice between facing either the Giants, either the Commanders, or the Seattle Seahawks if they stay in it. And I would take Tom Brady and the Bucks, or even over my Giants team. It, well, I wouldn't actually bet it, but I would say that the Buccaneers would probably beat them. I, I think the Bucks. it's just like one of those years. It's just a thing that happens with Tom Brady. He just seems to luck out. So I agree with you. I think they make the postseason and they win the game in the wild card round. All right, last one, Robert. Buy or sell? The Buffalo Bills will not win a postseason game. <laughs> this is why this segment's always the best part of the episode. <laughs> will not win a postseason game. Uh, you see, not yet. Okay, so you got me. You got me. You, you made me even. You made me flinch. Uh, but I am. I'm selling. I'm selling this. This is insanity. They're eight and three. Yes, I know that their last four games have just been really, really questionable. I mean, actually, I I think if we look back now, yeah, they're they're now one and four against the spread in their last five, where their only cover was you know by that half a point versus Cleveland last week, you know, two weeks ago. They just they've got this lull of of, of the schedule, but I guess I still think that. You know that they're going to come out of this. Obviously, they've got New England coming up on Thursday. I already installed them as a five-point favorite. They're they're winning. <laughs> they're winning a playoff game. We're talking about them winning the title for easy. Uh, no, no, no. I am absolutely selling. Will not win a postseason game. I'm going to actually buy this one because <laughs> because if they're a wild card team and they have to play either the Bengals or even a team if the Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs will probably get a buy. But the Bengals, maybe even the Titans, I could definitely see them winning, Robert. What do you think? <laughs> well, the other uh, team, not the Bills. Right, right, right. Okay, let's make a line right now. Um, so this is going to be in Cincinnati and Buffalo. Boy, man, all right. I got to do Buffalo one and a half. Yeah, I would take Cincinnati in that one. I, I really would, especially if they get Jamar Chase back, especially if the offense keeps clicking as it is. Cincinnati is an underrated defense, and we've seen that the time after time the last few games. They're especially good against the rush. We saw them just silence Derrick Henry yesterday. They don't have to worry that much against the Bills' rush because Devin Singletary isn't a premier unit. But I think they would have enough to isolate Josh Allen and force him to throw interceptions. Josh Allen's been his own worst enemy the past few weeks. All those red zone interceptions, he's going to blow the game to himself. So I think I would definitely lead Cincinnati in that one. I would probably lean Bills in the Titans game, even though the Titans seem to always get the Bills number. Sure. The Bills did blow out the Titans, but that was week two. That was just so long ago in the season. Both teams are completely different now. But I would probably lean Bills because the Titans just are always a boring postseason team and I don't even want to see them in it. So, (laughs) (laughs) But that is all the time we have for today. It was another fun episode. Rob and I will be back later this week to preview week 13. We have a good matchup on Thursday night. We do have the said Buffalo Bills against the New England Patriots. So that one should be an interesting watch. And before we do sign off, Robert, any last words or advice for the audience? 
Oh, you know, no, for sure. Absolutely. The, the next episode is going to be really chock full of some really great matchups. You already, yeah, you hinted on the Thursday game, Bills and Patriots. Jets and Vikings are playing this week. Tennessee Titans, we, we talked about them. They're going to be at Philadelphia. That's going to be a major test. So some really great games to break. I mean, crap, Miami's at San Francisco. We, we got a really great, great slate. Bengals and Chiefs. Allie, holy smokes, I can't wait to do this episode next time. Yeah, it, it's going to be a fun preview. Obviously, I'm going to be focused on the Giants and Commanders. This is probably the one game this season I'm the most nervous about because we'll be right at the bottom of the of the NFC East if we do lose yeah. this game. And I have a pretty hefty friendly bet with one of my friends who is a big Commanders fan. So uh, this is a, this is a tough game. I I know that the Giants will be a little healthier. We should be getting some reinforcements back, but we will preview all of that on Thursday. I want to thank or Wednesday. I want to thank everyone else for joining, and we will talk later this week. Take care.